Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hey friend, before we get into this episode, if you are an NP or an NP student, I have a very exciting invitation for you. I am hosting a totally free virtual event and I will be teaching you how to love your NP career without burning out. We will be uncovering how to transform from overworked imposter to confident NP without sacrificing work-life balance. This is a free live event on Sunday, January 30th, 2022 at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I cannot wait to see you there. Again, the event is called How to Love Your NP Career Without Burning Out, and it will be live on Sunday, January 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Snag your free spot by heading to the NP Society com or clicking the link in the show notes. Again, that's the npsociety.com and I hope to see you on Sunday, January 30th at this fun free event. Hey friends, welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda, and on this week's episode, I'm really excited to feature an interview that I did with Heather Britton, who is a certified health and wellness coach and also a registered nurse. And this episode, you guys, is so important. I really think everyone needs to listen to it. Whether you are someone who is thinking about maybe pursuing some sort of coaching certification or entering into health and wellness coaching or nurse coaching, I think this is definitely something that will bring tremendous value to your path, to your next steps. But also, even if you are someone who is maybe not feeling totally aligned with where you are right now professionally, or as a whole person, if you're not feeling that you are kind of living in your purpose every day, Heather and I in this episode really unpack what it means to live in your purpose and make decisions that are aligned with that. And you'll hear Heather's story of how she entered the nursing field and quickly knew that it wasn't aligned with what she wanted to do and who she wanted to be. And she made some changes and shifts in her life to move more towards a health and wellness type of approach, which ultimately led to her getting additional certifications and really pivoting away from traditional registered nursing. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this and hear her story and connect with Heather. It had a tremendous impact on me during the interview, and I hope it will for you too. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the show. Hello. 
It's so great to have you. We have met a few times, not on the podcast, and I feel like we know each other really well. So I'm very excited to introduce you to my podcast audience. Yes, I'm always so honored to be in your realm, no matter where that is. So thank you for letting me be here with you today. Of course. And thank you to one of the NP Society members who introduced us way back when, like nearly a year ago now. And I'm very I am so appreciative of all the different people I've met in this world through connections and introductions and just feel like it just makes makes everything so much more rich with connection. So I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even practice as a nurse or, and I've never been an NP, but I feel so a part of a family in your NP society. So it's always an honor to be there, even though I have no real connection to the NP realm. <laughs> Well, you do now. So <laughs> so let's dive in. I, I want to introduce you to my listeners. So I've already given your bio a little bit in the introduction, but I'd love to hear in your own words who you are, what you do, and then we'll dive deeper into how you got there. Absolutely. Oh, man, that's a lofty question. I'll try and give the Cliff Notes version. I'm not great at Cliff Notes, I will say. So for starters, my name is Heather Britton. I am a registered nurse. I have my master's in public and global health nursing. Um, I'm also an insight timer meditation teacher. And most importantly, I'm the owner and founder of Bare Root Health LLC, which I said this in one of your workshops. But to clarify, it's not barefoot health because that <laughs> is a very common mishap. So um, maybe rethinking this. The name of my business, but Bare Root Health, where I really try and get to the barest root of health, if that makes sense. So what I do right now is primarily virtual one-on-one -on -one coaching. I also offer healing modality workshops, whether that be in journal therapy, breathwork, meditation, or kind of a blend with that and adding in movement with self-compassion, just all sorts of different ways to start thinking of health and wellness a little bit differently. So that's kind of the grand synopsis of where I am today. I love it. And I love all of those things. And <laughs> that's something that we try to add in the NP society is that kind of element of uh, self-care and self-compassion and, and getting in touch with oneself. But you are a nurse, you are a registered nurse. And I know that you had before this a journey in kind of a more traditional nursing setting. So I'd love for you to tell that story of kind of how you started as a nurse and how you got to this point where you kind of pivoted in a different direction. Absolutely. So I have to be entirely transparent that when I went to college, I was not like the typical type A, want to go to nursing school, want to become this really big, important person in medicine. I did not give one dang care about schoolwork when I was going to school. I was a division one swimmer and I swam my whole life. And all I really cared about was being really fast in a pool. And that was what I wanted for the remainder of my life. Now, my parents probably should have chosen a sport where I could go a little bit more professional than having to be like top two in the world to make anything of yourself. But that's really where I started out. And so I knew that I always wanted to help people really intentionally and holistically but more so, I wanted to be a really good athlete. So the only way I could kind of wind those together my first years of college was to go into public health because I couldn't go into any kind of pre-med or pre-nursing or any of those because just the pure hour restriction when you're swimming four hours in the morning and four hours in the evening and kind of weaving your classes in between, not a lot of leeway for other 
passions in those areas. So I focused on public health. I was really, really bored in public health, though. I loved this idea of wanting to build programs to better our public health. And I loved the ways it was starting to wind into a different area of health. But I couldn't get on board with all of the policies and insurance and all of the legal aspects and the political aspects. It was just really hard for me to get invested in. And so as I was swimming and swimming and swimming, I realized this isn't actually going to be my lifelong career, unfortunately. And so I decided, I think I would really like to go to nursing school because when you go to your counselor and you say, I want to help people, they say, okay, here's a list of boxes that you can fit into. And so I decided, well, nursing looks pretty cool and I can help people in really vulnerable positions. I felt really called to that. People always kind of came to me with really difficult problems because I just naturally knew how to hold those spaces and guide and support and just be a listening ear. And I saw so much of that through friends and family members that were inspiring in the nursing profession that they got to hold those really, really hard, noble, heroic spaces for people. And so... I decided to go into nursing school and I got my accelerated BSN. I was in North Carolina swimming and then I moved across the country with my cat to Arizona. And it was just me and her chilling in the desert doing nursing school. And my family was in Colorado and my boyfriend who I left was still in North Carolina. So we were really just literally out in the desert on our own. And nursing school is our primary focus. And I remember I absolutely loved nursing school because it was kind of this identity switch where I used to work all of my perfectionism and high expectations into the pool. And I didn't have that anymore. So I was able to switch that into my studies. And so naturally, I was just really good at school all of a sudden because I had these really high expectations on myself. So I had a 4.0 nursing school. I was the nursing tutor. I was ahead on all these boards. And I was just like, I really invested in school. But as you and so many know, you don't actually get to the clinical portion until halfway through school. So I loved what I was learning. But then when it got to the point where I had to go into the hospital, I had never stepped foot in a hospital before. I didn't even know what it looked like, or <laughs> I was certainly not familiar with a med surge setting. You see what you see on Grey's Anatomy, but I didn't know what it was outside of that. And I step into the hospital, and man, it was just the second I was there, I felt entirely misaligned. I can't really explain it. I'm a very energetic, driven person. And it was like all of me was just depleted and dark, and I just felt so sad, and I was just carrying all of this weight on me me. And we saw like eight patients that day that were all on my nurse. And I didn't know who was there for what anymore. Like, is it your foot? Is it your head? What am I giving you your medication for? And I felt kind of forced in that moment to be a guru instead of a guide. And I was like, man, I don't actually get to hold any space here. I'm just kind of shoving pills down people's throat is how I felt at the moment. And I remember going home that evening and telling my cat, I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel like I'm in a crisis because girl, I actually did not like that clinical. And we had a long discussion about it. And I remember that night looking up online, like frantically, how am I going to turn this around? Okay. Is there a way to do like holistic nursing? Is there alternative therapies in nursing? Because I could already start spinning the wheels that that was where my passion really did lie. I didn't know to what extent. And to my dismay, not a lot on Google, but enough that I had some kind of inkling of hope and I was out in the desert alone that I was like, well, 
I'm not going to throw 80,000 in the trash can. And we moved here for this. And I sacrificed just so much to be here. And I'm doing really well. People tell me I'm going to make a big difference. So we're just going to keep going. So I kind of pushed all of that down, all of this, this moment of purpose and insight about myself. I just pushed it down because I wanted to fit societal constructs of success. And so I continued on with nursing school, continued to do really, really well. And naturally, when you do really well in school, you're primed into (laughs) the more traumatic tracks. So ER nursing, critical care nursing, flight nursing, you know, there's this unfortunate hierarchy in medicine and in nursing. And it's like that is the quote unquote top, right, to be in those fields. Although I personally do not feel that way at this moment. That was how I felt when I was in nursing school. And so I went into pediatric ICU straight out of school. And while I did love my patients and I did love my families, I did not love the work that I did. I didn't go in beaming to intubate kids or I wasn't excited or I guess nobody's really excited to like crash onto ECMO, but some people get really liberated by that ability, that skill set. There's like a jolt of energy that goes through them. I did not enjoy that at all. I didn't enjoy placing lines and all these things. I could do these skills and I could do these skills well, but I left my shift feeling like I was meant to walk this earth for different purposes. I didn't know what that was. And so for two years, I worked night shift, which was just horrendous to me. I just like a big shout out to the nurses that can make it work because I could not make it work for my body. I was just so wildly unhealthy, so disconnected from my personal life. So two years of that blended with just this constant shoving down of who I really am. And eventually that began to manifest in my body. And I started having extreme physical manifestations like emergency surgeries for my appendix and for my gallbladder. And I started having severe chronic pelvic pain, which came out of absolutely nowhere. It made no kind of sense. I was sick all the time. I just could never recover. It felt like I just lived with a constant head cold. And I realized that something's going on here under the surface and I have to start listening and I can't just shove this down anymore. My pain had gotten so severe that I was on 10 plus prescription medications, seeing specialist after specialist and getting scan after scan. It was the constant runaround of you're really healthy. Your scans look great. There's no reason your body's hurting like it is. And it got to the point where it was either you know, like a 4,000 hormonal injection every month out of pocket, or it was surgery. And I sat there in that moment and I was like, I just don't think either of these are the most ideal option for me because I think there's a reason why this is occurring. My body never felt like this before. And so the fact that it's just happening out of nowhere for no real reason that we can see medically, there's an underlying issue happening. And I have to start listening to my body. I have to start exploring what is actually going on. So instead of taking either of those kind of extreme medical routes, I said, I'm actually going to safely taper off of all of my prescription medications because I was never on these before. And I'm going to go quit my job. <laughs> and we're going to kind of take things from there. And the fact of the matter was that my physician at the time had never even asked what my life was like outside of my pain. She didn't know what my job was like. She didn't know what my schedule was like. She didn't know that I never slept or that I didn't eat or that I was so wildly disconnected from family and friends. And so 
I decided to take that route first, kind of against against her recommendation. <laughs> and I went and I quit. And originally I went to labor and delivery because my rationale was that I can help women with like their breath work <laughs> during labor. I was like, oh my gosh, I can hold this beautiful space for them. We could do some nice kind meditation. This could be really mindful. And if anyone's ever been in labor and delivery, it is like the least mindful space. Um, those nurses are absolutely incredible. I was blown away at their talent in so many ways. But on the second day, I went to the manager and I said, I cannot check another cervix. Please, dear God, do not let me check another cervix. Like this is just not it for me. So I went back to pick you for an hour solely as a safety net because I was in full-blown panic attack. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. My body hurt so bad. My mind was so confused. This wasn't it over in your labor delivery. I had this inkling of hope for so long, and now it was back to pick you. And the moment I stepped back in there, it was all anxiety, all depression. And I said, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. So I quit my job on the spot with no plan at all. And I spent the next three months with no plan at all, which I really don't encourage <laughs> solely because nobody wants to pay Cobra insurance for that long. And so many people say, you know, choosing you in that space, that sounds so brave. That sounds so noble. And I have to make the disclaimer that it, I never felt brave in that decision. I felt very irresponsible. I felt very lost. I was in the absolute darkest period of my life. Um, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I had no idea who I was or what I was doing. I had no plan. And for a person that was rooted in identity and perfectionism and high expectations, it was extremely, extremely difficult to not judge myself to sit in that space. And my primary concern was my body. How do I just start feeling better so I can live and walk in this world without having to be on pain medication every 30 minutes? So I started investing myself in things like journal therapy and in actual therapy and getting to the root of some trauma that I chose to never, ever address. And I started doing breath work and meditation and movement that felt embodied, not competitive. And all of these very big shifts for me in body and in mind. And within those three months, I came off of all of my prescription medications and I'm not on them today and I have zero pain today. And so I went then into um, school nursing, elementary school nursing, because it was a normal day shift. I could still work with my kiddos. I could find a little inkling of preventative health and the children were all alive. So that was ideal. It was much less stress. Well, kind of. It started. I started during COVID year. So I pretend that it was much less stress and I had just a normal connected life and I could still do the things that I was really passionate about. I could be able to go do spin coaching and I could start teaching meditation and all these things that really lit me up as well. So that's kind of my journey through nursing. Did you ask how I got here now? <laughs> I forgot the question already. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I love your story. You know, this isn't the first time I've heard it, but it every time I hear it, it just resonates so well. And I do think that even though it didn't feel brave at the time, like in hindsight, you did choose yourself and that was a big decision to make for sure. Mm. But yeah, I would love to hear more about kind of what happened next and what your pivot away from nursing looked like. 
Um, yeah. So please go on. Yeah. So I had this moment the other day, actually, when kind of this epiphany, if you will, of I actually never went into nursing for nursing. I think I think I went into nursing to become a coach. I was always the nurse that begged for the patients that weren't hooked up to all the equipment and they were having mental health struggles and they needed someone to sit the night through them and that I could bring a journal in and say, can we just get through this night together and maybe learn a little bit about why we're feeling this way? And so that kind of continued and that really escalated in school nursing because there is so much mind-body connection that we allow ourselves to understand in children. You know, the first thing they teach you when you go into school nursing is if they have a stomach ache, is it really a stomach ache? Is there something else going on in their world? Are they really stressed about their homework? How is their home life? What's going on outside? And then something happens where we become adults and then a stomach ache becomes a stomach ache and you Google it and it becomes stomach cancer. And <laughs> we don't look at anything outside of our walls. We don't look at what stress we have, what homework we came home with, what's going on in our personal life. So I actually loved this mind-body connection that I was able to come back to in school nursing because I was allowed to look at kiddos as whole human beings again. And I got to help them in such a vast variety of ways. However, it still wasn't fully me. It still wasn't fully my purpose. It was getting closer. I was getting a little bit closer to what I felt I was meant to do. And I think it was actually a complete blessing. I know for a fact, actually, that it was a blessing that I was doing school nursing when the pandemic happened because I had the space when the kiddos weren't in school. Neither was I. I was kind of like making mitigation plans on the side and doing some policy work in the background. But for the most part, the school nurse was home too. And I know I tried to have like my husband fall on the sidewalk a few times so I can, you know, keep putting on band-aids, but he wasn't really... <laughs> very helpful. But for the most part, I was home. And I remember one night I was, it was the most average night in Iowa that you could ever imagine. And I was looking outside my window. It was a beautiful starry night. And I remember just having this moment of, girl, you got one shot here. You have one life, relatively speaking. <laughs> you have one chance here. Are you going to continue to do it just because you feel like you have to meet a certain standard? Are you going to continue to meet everyone else's expectations? Are you going to continue to settle because that's what culture shows to do? Or are you going to go make a difference? Can you go be fully yourself and see what happens and know that you live to thrive instead of just survive? And so I had this conversation with myself and I did not quit this job on the spot because that is very rude to do. <laughs> um, and so I continued through my full contract. But this beautiful opportunity happened where my husband was planning to move to Boston for his work. We, we had that planned ahead of time. And so in this moment of COVID and pandemic and shutdown and kind of feeling out what I wanted to do, I came across holistic wellness coaching and did a lot of research and found something that was um, accredited and highly renowned and did a lot of investigation into it and started my studies during that time. And knowing that we were having this move come up, I had the decision, do I want to continue to kind of live this double life 
just so that there's comfort, there's a safety net, or do I want to fully go do that thing? So I ended up, this was a long, long journey of doing part-time work in, or full-time nursing, but part-time business on the side. You know, I would go take care of kiddos all day and then I would come home and have clients all night and then I'd be doing workshops and speaking and all these things on the weekend. And it was pretty exhausting and I wanted to make sure that my cup was still full enough to do the business that I loved. So when we moved, I decided... I'm just going to go do the thing. And I went 100% into my business. And it has absolutely been the very best decision of my life because now I, I have clients that say, I never knew I needed this. And you, you saved my life. Clients that were really, truly on the brink of letting their life go. But through this work that we were able to do together, the anxiety, the depression, the constant stress, the heaviness, the weight, all of that that I once felt that I also wanted to let go of, I can help hold for others and help release for others. And I can confidently say I never felt like I was able to do that as a nurse. And to hold this space is 100% my life's meaning at this time. That was going to be my next question. I was going to say, <laughs> do, you, do you feel that you have found your purpose, which was that really deep struggle that it sounded like you that you had? Yeah, I think that purpose is something that will always ebb and flow with us. So my purpose today probably won't be my same purpose in four years, probably won't be my same purpose in 40 years, assuming I'm still walking this beautiful earth. So I think that it ebbs and flows with us, but I can say in this moment, in this podcast with you right now, that I am 100% living in my dharma, and I'm extremely grateful for that. That is a beautiful thing. And I think, I'm not sure how many nurses could say that, you know, and I have a lot of feelings about about that, and, and I, I feel like I have a lot of empathy, and I am holding space for nurses who particularly throughout this pandemic who are facing burnout and you know i i have to wonder if they even have the space to ask themselves this question mm. right because i just know like in my experience before i pivoted and, and took my clinical sabbatical so to speak <laughs> i did not have the space to even ask myself that question Mm -hmm. I was working night shift like you. I, you know, I was on straight nights. I had three, well, I had two kids at home. I was expecting the third and there was just no space for me to journal, to think, to be still, to yeah. look inward, to do any of those things. And I think that's, that's a big tragedy. I think, especially among our profession, like nurses are the people who need that the most to be able to examine, okay, am I, am I well enough inside to be showing up and facing this type of trauma day after day and not being injured from it? Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I feel about, you know, about our colleagues who have been working throughout this pandemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something that I have discovered throughout this, throughout my work with others is that there's a big move in mindfulness and in self-awareness and, you know, the 
there, there's, I've talked to uh, hospital management and we've talked about ways that we can get journal therapy or breath work in, but they don't, they don't want to hear that at work. And <laughs> when you already have a little bit of resentment, it's like, don't tell me how to breathe now, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's that barrier as well. But what I've recognized is that self-awareness cannot be 100% self-driven. Mm. We have to have that space. And sometimes that space requires support. That space requires guidance. Sometimes it has to be carved for you and there has to be another set of eyes, another set of perception that you just can't see because we often become blind to what we might need or where we are now. We get stuck in this numbness And that just persists and it persists and it persists until it does end up like where I was, where my body said, this cannot persist any longer. You have to listen to yourself. If you won't create space for yourself, I will create space for you and you will not be able to work one way or the other. So your choice. (laughs) And I chose the hard way. I don't want anyone else to choose the hard (laughs) way. (laughs) So that's why I'm here because a lot of people think, yeah, I can just pick up journaling on the side. I'll start journaling every night or I'll download this meditation app. And I'm going to do that. And then they come back and they're like, well, it's just not working. Well, we have to have that guide in that space. We have to be really intentional in that space. And we have to have self-awareness that's a little bit outside of ourself because that's where growth happens. And, and it sounds like that's where a coach can be helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll peel things out that you really wish they could just put back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really, I just wrote down what you said. Self-awareness cannot be 100% self-driven. I think that's um, such a powerful, a powerful point. And it's funny when I was planning out this episode from here, we could go down one of two paths, right? (laughs) We could really, and, and I feel like maybe half the listeners are thinking now like, okay, I need to know more about this coaching because I need this coaching, mm-hmm. right? And then the other half are like, I I feel more connected with this type of purpose wow. and and maybe I would want to be this type of coach, right? So I, I kind of felt conflicted, <laughs> like where do we take this episode and, and what direction do we go in? And I think that what we've planned to talk about from here on out is a little bit more about what it really means to be a health coach, kind of define it a little bit. Um, because as you and I have chatted about a little bit, there's certainly some confusion and gray area of, you know, what is a quote unquote nurse coach versus what is a quote unquote health coach or a wellness coach and what are their credentials? And, you know, when I hear the term nurse coach, for example, I'm like, okay, are you a coach for nurses or are you a nurse who coaches? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so there's, um, I feel like there's some terminology to clear up and I would love for you to take us down that road so that we can get some clarity on that. Yeah. And I am so, so happy to, because I also see this and I think there is the complexity of the ability to call yourself whatever you really want to call yourself. This is an extremely unregulated field. So some do call themselves a nurse coach because they're focusing on nurse health. Others are nurse coaches and they're creating plans for diabetic patients that they can help coincide with their physician plan. So there is just this massive gray area and it's like, what is going on? (laughs) 
And then there's the other realm where I have gotten on collaboration calls with other individuals who are marketing their practice as wellness coaching. And then we end up talking about, you know, some supplements through a multi-level marketing company, which is fine. And I'm grateful that they found their passion there. However, that's relatively, that's just not what coaching is. (laughs) I don't really have another way to put it. Um, So there is just this massive gray area. And on Instagram, it's like the options are endless and people are coming at you in all different directions with their opinions and you don't know who has experience and what and you don't know what qualifications or experience even matters. And so I have to preface this with this is my experience only and I think everyone takes a different journey into this. I am not a um, certified nurse coach, so I can speak to what I chose to do and the path that I chose to take. I got certified through the International Association of Wellness Professionals, IEWP, and I also continued to go on to get my master coach certification and also my virtual coaching certification because I want to make sure that the work I'm doing over a screen can still be very trauma-informed and that we can really implement practices that make us feel like we're together. That's extremely important to me to have a deep connection, even though we have this little bit of of a wall between us. So I continued my work through them. They are highly accredited. I won't go through the whole list of their accreditations, but by doing my coaching certification through them, I loved that they they had a whole body health 360 approach to health and well-being. And so I was studying 12 different elements of health. You also get intertwined with that with all of your wellness coaching. You get intertwined with that all of the coaching education. And you also get education in business because typically that's the route that you're going to take as a wellness coach. Um, There are different options of like getting into gyms or into like dietitians or those realms. You can kind of wiggle your way into those. But for the most part, it's kind of like freelance work. You kind of just get out there and you do it. Um, So I really loved that it enveloped all of these things for me. Something else that I loved about this option was that I wasn't restricted to one state. So what I do know about nurse coaching specifically, if you go through to do the certification, is that I had been told it ties to my license. And so the idea of nurse coaching, why it was built as far as I I am aware, is so that you could start implementing these practices into your nursing practice. So do you want to be able to care for your patients in a more holistic wellness way (laughs) as you are able to, right? You're like, oh my gosh, I can't possibly like take a person through breath work this afternoon. Like I can barely get their Prilosec down their throat, you know? (laughs) So as you are able to. So that is more of an option to enhance your practice. And it's tied to your license. I personally did not want my work tied to my license because I found that many people were confused then by what I did. And they would come to me more so as I nurse Heather <laughs> than as wellness coach Heather. And they were kind of unraveling their medication list on me and unraveling their scans and their x-rays and all of these things on me, which is great because I fully take those things into account. However, that wasn't the space that I wanted to be held for them. And so I found that was kind of confusing for people. For the work that I did specifically, 
really working on mind, body, health, and stress and anxiety and depression, it just didn't correlate to people bringing me their anti-inflammatory food protocol and wondering my thoughts from a medical perspective. If that is your jam, then nurse coaching could be a wonderful, wonderful option. If you want it tied to your nursing license and you want to be restricted to, of course, practicing in only one state, I didn't because I do my things virtually. It's a great option. So I think that the, the options are endless. My expertise and advice would be ask how your coach is qualified. Anyone can call themselves a coach. What have they done to continue their education? And absolutely, absolutely, are they trauma-informed? Because we have a lot of people giving advice and not a lot of understanding of how to listen and support in that way. So those would be my main main advice to someone like looking around at coaches who's, who's valid and who's not, which one. Okay, obviously every human is valid, (laughs) but as hiring your coach or as becoming a coach, what is the best path for you? How do you want it tied to your practice? Do you want to leave nursing altogether? Do you want it to be intertwined with your nursing? That's a great question to ask. Gets a little bit hairier with nurse practitioner um, just because of the scopes within that. I hope that answered a question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good um, distinction and it sounds like, you know, just to kind of clarify and summarize, you know, the term nurse coach and <laughs> the the qualification or certification of nurse coach is typically going to be tied to your license and probably restricting you in the state where you're licensed. Whereas the path you went down is more as a, would you say that you're a holistic wellness coach? Is that yes, how you? That is it? my certification. And then I have also gone on to, um, with my education, I was eligible to go through the Health Coaching Alliance, which is this wonderful, wonderful organization that is really advocating for regulation of coaching and also to help provide insurance for the service that we mm. do because it is health and wellness and people need this. So a wonderful organization that makes sure the coaches have gotten the education that is accredited and makes sense and has enough hours. And it's it's just like, you know, your nursing school being accredited, saying like, yes, this this school's doing the right stuff. They are producing really high quality coaches. So then you get kind of fed into this organization where you can become a registered health coach and you keep up on CEUs through them. You keep on evidence-based practice through them. You're allowed to lead Um, your own evidence-based practices through them. So an incredible organization. So I am a certified master holistic wellness coach and virtual coach. It's a whole mouthful, but I'm also a registered health coach. But I think a lot of people think, well, to be a health coach, don't I have to write meal plans? Don't I have to make workouts for people? And the opportunities are endless when you switch out of that mindset and recognize that wellness is whole body. And it can be, you know, with my coaching training, I have such a variety of ways that I can help and that I can. My business is my own because I created it that way. I wasn't kind of forced into one specific area of health or wellness. So my next question was going to be... (laughs) 
<laughs> My next question was going to be, you know, what advice would you have for a nurse who might be considering mm. becoming a coach? But I'm going to kind of change that question because <laughs> I wrote down this note to myself when you were talking and it says, how do we know our purpose? Mm. Because I feel like it was you understanding that you weren't in your purpose and then identifying more what that looked like that really brought you to this point. And I wonder if maybe at least those listening might need to go back a step and mm. figure out, okay, how do we know our purpose? So I would love your your thoughts on that. And, and maybe I want to know a little bit for myself too. <laughs> I, but I think, yeah, I think that, you know, especially with what we talked about, about nurses, particularly now who are under, you know, tremendous amounts of pressure and stress, you know, maybe, maybe listeners are feeling that they're not in, working in their purpose right now. And if they're not, how do we figure out what it is? Yeah, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I'm looking at my clock like, does she have another three hours? Um, <laughs> so I do a lot of purpose empowerment work with people as well, because interestingly enough, as my journey unfolded and there's a journey unfolds, we notice that these manifestations often lead us back to this path right here. Am I living in alignment? Have I actually been my true self as woo-woo as that sounds to some? How do you know you're living in your purpose? I think the very first question I would ask is, are you trying to prove your worth? Are you trying to prove that what you do matters? When I was working in the pediatric ICU, I loved talking about what I did. I didn't love doing what I did, but I loved the title. I loved the recognition. I loved being able to put on my dark blue scrubs and go feel like I was making a difference, even though on the inside, I didn't feel like I was making a difference and it ate me alive. The difference now is that I really don't talk that much about what I do, actually, because I get to live it. And then if people are interested, they come to me, <laughs> but I don't go out. I don't you know, there's no like holistic wellness coach week. Like there is nurses week. I don't change my profile. I don't spend my time kind of unraveling trauma onto my timeline. Like I used to sharing, this is what I do. And this is why I matter. Mm. I'm not seeking that validation. And I love what I do. So I don't have to talk about what I do because I really like doing it. And I think that's probably the first question to ask yourself. Am I trying to prove that I matter? Or do I know that what I do right now matters? And I think what tends to be a little bit gray about purpose is that it unravels in different ways, right? So it might not actually be in career for you. I know that I was listening to one of your incredible podcasts, and it was about how our career could be what we want to be so passionate about. It could matter so much to us that we're willing to sit in really hard financial spaces and really hard relationship spaces, and we're willing to sacrifice and sit in hard spaces and have hard conversations and do hard things because a passionate, purposeful, meaningful career like is what we feel so lit up by and we cannot settle. I'm one of those people. My purpose has to lie in my work or I just feel a soul suck. <laughs> Other people, their purpose isn't in their career. And they can go to work 
and they can do their job and they can feel fine with it and they feel settled. And then they go do something outside, like take care of their family and they have availability for their family or they do something entirely different. Maybe they go teach an art class, whatever the case may be. And that is their passion. And that is where their purpose lies. And the fact that their career can allow them to do that is purposeful to them. So I love to bring it back to that point that you made that I so fully agree with, that our purpose can lie in different spaces. But wherever it is, are you trying to prove that you matter or do you feel like you matter? Mm. I think that's such an amazing distinction. Yeah. It's almost like, do you... You said, do you, do you seek validation or, or do you have to, yeah, do you have to talk about it? Do you have to mm. be recognized, right? Mm. And, and do you get butthurt when you're not, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, like there's this funny thing that goes on. So there's Nurses Week, but there's also Nurse Practitioner Week, which is not as widely known because there aren't as many of us as, <laughs> as nurses, right? And so like at my old hospital, I think they recognized Nurses Week and then they recognized Physician Week, but they included the providers in the Physician Week. So whatever the physicians got for Physician Week, nurse practitioners and PAs got as well. Sure. But then Nurses Week would roll around and we wouldn't get the the lunchbox, <laughs> Or the umbrella that said, you know, the medical center umbrella. Um, And then, you know, the nurse practitioners would just be up in uproar, you know, Uh, do I even matter here? Yeah, I'm a nurse too. I mean, that's a whole story for a different day. But, um, but yeah, I I know exactly what you mean of, of feeling, needing to feel validated, needing to feel recognized, needing to prove that what I'm doing makes a difference and get that externally as opposed to you know, internally. Um, I think that's a great distinction. And yeah, your your purpose can absolutely be outside of your career. I agree with you there. And if that's the case, then I think you owe it to yourself to make sure that your career gives you that space. Yeah. Right. So that you create that space for what you are passionate about. Because otherwise you're doing what past Heather used to do and you're shoving it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is there is so much work that goes into purpose because we have to free ourselves from our ego <laughs> and we have to come back to our inner child and we have to strip down and find our true potential through all of the social constructs that we wade through every day. And so there's a lot of work to be done, but this is just the first question that I would ask yourself. And I would also encourage to check in, does this make you feel really defensive Did you just recently share that ER picture of the bloody cot? Because I see it every second on Facebook, the bloodied up floor and all of the different equipment very clearly just lost the patient expressing to family and friends, this is what I see every day. And where is that coming from? Is it a need for external validation? Mm -hmm. Because you don't feel that you have that on the inside right now. And is that a need for more support, for more conversation, or is it a need for a shift? Hmm. That's a hard pill to swallow. I might not be making a lot of friends here. (laughs) No, I I think it's okay. (laughs) I think it's good. I think it's a really important question to ask. Yeah. So you're saying that we can't necessarily figure it all out in these 50 minutes. Unfortunately (laughs) not. (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, but also fortunately, because if we could, I would never have work. 
Well, I think that we have really scratched the surface, you know, to help listeners learn more about your profession, figure out, okay, is this something that maybe feels more aligned than what I'm doing now? So I would love to kind of wrap up and and tie things up by uh, having you share with us kind of what you recommend for nurses who either want to work with you directly or basically where can we find you? Where can we learn from you? What are some next steps we can take? Absolutely. So I'm most active on Instagram, which is at mindfully.heather. You can, of course, find my work at my website, which is www.bearrootshealth.com. You can also email me at coaching at bearrootshealth.com. Any of those ways will get you to me. If you are just interested in dipping your toe into who is this girl what is her work? Why should I listen to her? I also offer monthly health and wellness workshops and different healing modalities like I spoke about. I offer one every single month through my independent business. And then if you are a part of the NP Society, I also write Mindful Monday content in the NP Society app as well as leading um, self-care workshops there. So you may already know me, you may have already seen me. And if so, and you're already like, man, I just, I need to pull the trigger and meet this girl a little bit deeper. Please, please do. My door, my virtual door is always open. For all of your community, I'm opening up a free 30-minute strategy call, discovery call, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) I just want to meet you and to help support you, whether it be, I don't know what my career is right now, or first, I need to figure out how to fix my body and my mind. Either way, I'm here for you. Awesome. Thank you. That is very, very generous. Um, As always, we'll have links to your website, your socials in our show notes for today's episode. And for them to redeem this call with you, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely. So if you want, I can actually send that over to you and you can put it in the show notes. That That way they can just self-schedule right there. Awesome. Well, maybe you're going to see me on your calendar, Heather. I would love to. (laughs) I love my time with you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been so wonderful. So grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Always an honor. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.